a guy walked up to me and was like, whoa. Every time I look over, I see myself <laughs> through your eyes. <laughs> so uh, I heard you have something uh, to reveal to us today. Hey everyone, this is Aaron Ashley Simon and welcome to Real Gems. On today's episode, we are gonna be sitting down with a different kind of creator. An international artist whose work and energy has been felt across social media and digital landscapes. But not before coming to life on prominent walls in downtown or at your favorite music festivals. We're going to be talking about how this came to be as well as the balance between his art and the sake of his audience. Please welcome Kai. So Kai, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Man, okay, I have to say, I said this earlier, but it, it, this is trippy. This, you're the first, like, masked individual on this show. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but even though you're masked, you are known, you have your work all over the place in major hotels and parks and, of course, walls. Like, how did you get to this point? It started really slowly. At first, the idea was just to connect with people through art. So I did a lot of street art a lot of illegal things that no one should do. And little by little, people started to notice the work, started to connect with the work, and it started to grow. And it started like in my backyard, I guess, in Los Angeles. And then little by little, people all around the world started to notice what I was doing. And I started to get invited everywhere in the world. I got to travel, I got to see the world and connect with people everywhere. So it's been a blessing. What was your, what's the inspiration behind your art? Because everyone's inspired in some different shape or form and whether it's an individual or collectives or anything like that, they're, they have inspiration from specific artists, specific eras, specific regions. What was yours? My main inspiration was everyday life. I think growing up in Los Angeles, life is a bit skewed and a bit tainted by what the city is and going back and understanding what I really wanted out of life and what people around me were communicating they wanted out of life. I felt like I could share that kind of message and that feeling through art and connect with people and kind of give them a different perspective on what life should be. Of course, I have influences. Of course, I have people that came before me that I really look up to and I admire. But really, like the everyday life is what gives me my idea and helps me grow and, and helps me create. So little in interactions with people, observing people in public, understanding the motives that behind people's decision-making, understanding the motives and why people live the life they live is what inspires me. Speaking of life, has your background and culture play into your growth and your art? Absolutely. Uh, I'm blessed. Um, French, Mexican. So you have two very different cultures that kind of got twisted and spun up into me as an individual. And on the French side, there's a lot of culture. There's understanding history. There's studying technique, respecting the people who came before you, especially in the art world. A lot of great artists either worked in France or were French. So understanding that technique, that work, that work ethic, the conception behind why they created the work or the concepts and how they did it. And then on the Mexican side, you have the hardest working people in the world, people who give 
110% every time they wake up. And it, when you combine both those things, I think you get me. You get someone who's obsessed with detail, but will outwork anyone. So I got really blessed to have those two cultures kind of spun up into me. Yeah, being multicultural is definitely a blessing. Um, for me, it's the same thing. Um, I'm very, very mixed. And to be able to take elements of various different cultures and put it into, you know, for me, it's not art because I can't sketch for and draw for the life of me, but to go into like storytelling and be able to utilize my platform to tell other people, it's been great. And another blessing that you have that I don't have is you're anonymous. Like, why Why did you decide to to be anonymous? Uh, and, and for you, does that ever get in the way of the success that you're building? Ooh. Um, I became anonymous or I started off as anonymous because when I started doing this, I was doing, like I said earlier, a lot of illegal things. I was doing a lot of street art, a lot of tagging, and I was really afraid. I was also really young. I was 15 years old when I started. So there was a huge fear factor, but there was also this idea that because I'm so, because I was so young, no one would respect what I was doing. So I kind of put on this persona or put on this mask as a way of protecting myself and giving myself the ability to grow. And as I got older and as the work became more successful, I found that being anonymous did two things for me. One, it allowed me to inspire other people because no one knows what I look like. No one knows my background. No one knows where I came from. No one knows what I look like. So you can guess, you can kind of imagine and you can kind of put yourself in my shoes. You can see yourself as me, which gives you the opportunity, I think, to hope, to do, and to become something you want to become. And secondly, it lets me be a normal human. And by being a normal human, I can be inspired by normal people things. And that's how I connect with everyone, by just staying normal and staying grounded. So I'm very blessed that I made the decision to be anonymous. But at the same time, it does, it's like these handcuffs. Like when I go out or I go to an event and I shake people's hand, they don't know who I am. But then we start talking about art and I come up and it's this weird little dance or this weird little interaction. Or sometimes I hear people talking about my work when I go to shows and I just want to talk to them and communicate with them and share a moment, but I can't. So there's this love-hate relationship with staying anonymous. What's like a most interesting interaction you had with someone where like you, they didn't realize it was you and but they were saying something and you're just like ah. <laughs> I've had a lot of them the one that kind of stuck with me the most is we had a show at Art Basel one year and I was standing in the booth just like as a normal person like a viewer and a guy walked up to me and was like whoa I really love this work can I like, do you want to talk about it? I was like, sure. Like, we're viewing it together. Let's talk about it. Um, and he's like, it was a piece. It was this wooden flower that I had made with a little character watering it. And he started sharing what the piece meant to him. And I was just like, I wanted to tell him so badly who I was and like have a conversation with him. I ended up not having that, that liberty of doing that, but just hearing how much the work affected him and, and kind of moved him. It was like such a special thing for me, um, but it's a really weird and interesting place to be in, to be 
hidden all the time, but also be out there all the time. Do you think at some point, I mean, not in the near future, but do you think at some point you will eventually reveal yourself? I don't know. I can't see the future. I can't, I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. But what I do know is that I'm comfortable right now. And I do think I am still, I still have the ability to do what I want to do with it. I think the minute it becomes, I think the minute it starts to take away from what I'm doing, I think that'll be the moment to call it. Well, I mean, even though they may not see your face, they see your work all over the place. You know, you had a graffiti show, you had Basil, you collaborated with Odell Beckham Jr. You showed up as a G-Eazy tattoo. Like, how and when did you know that this was going to turn from something that you were just doing as a young individual to an actual career path? I never knew. I still doubt it every day. I think that's the beauty of it. I think that's where my hunger comes from, is not ever understanding or knowing that I've accomplished what I want to accomplish. I think something that I really believe is that I know that I can do it, but I never feel like I can actually do it. It's like a weird, weird sensation. Like I know I can achieve anything I want to achieve, but at the same time, I doubt that I can do it. So that's why I work so hard. And I never had that moment where like everything clicked. And I'm like, oh my God, life's different. It just, every day I take one step forward and then I take another step forward. And then I never really look back to see anything. I just keep moving forward and trying to continue to connect with people. And that's my goal is just to connect with as many people and become a little bright spot in their day or help them with something that's difficult or inspire them to do something that they wish they could have done that they were afraid to do so that's kind of what motivates me it's this forever one step one more step forward another step forward and that's kind of how I live my life and um, what has been the most challenging aspect of of this path that you've taken it's the forever pursuit of something that you'll never reach because you don't know where you're going That's interesting. Like, for you, but like, if, if you know that there's a specific place that you'll never reach, right? What's the counterbalance to that? Because before when I was, you know, when we were asking about what, like, if there will be a time where you reveal yourself, you're like, oh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think that far in the future. So it's interesting. Like, do you have a battle between like, being in the present, but also thinking ahead in the sense of like, understanding that you're never gonna really, uh, I guess, achieve everything that you want to achieve? The thing is, everything I've done until now, I've kind of invented for myself. The way I went about working in the art industry, I completely invented all my own rules. I barely, I don't really follow the traditional style of doing things. So I can never know where I'm gonna go because everything I do is invented for me. It's my way, my purpose, my meaning, my intentions. So you can't really know what tomorrow looks like because tomorrow is your intentions. It's doing things the right way with integrity, with love, with passion. And the minute you start to put these like out of reach finish lines, you start to kind of trade reaching that finish line 
for your intentions, for your love, for your passion, because you say, I can get there quicker if I do X, Y, Z, but X, Y, Z goes against what I really believe in. So I don't put finish lines anywhere. I just move with intention, with love and with passion. And as long as I do that, I know I'm going on the right path. Even though you didn't expect to, to be on this path that you were on, what was an original, like before you got into just having this artistry be a career, what was a path that you were already on at the time when you were younger? Was there like a, another career path or another thing that you were doing prior? Uh, my dream was to be a professional soccer player. Um, I had been playing a lot of high level soccer, traveling the world to play soccer and it didn't really work out for me. God had different plans and I, I'm blessed that this kind of was my calling because it really suits me better than anything else. Well, good thing you uh, took a different path because the way that Messi has been making a lot of players look these days in the MLS, <laughs> it's been a little bit rough out here. <laughs> this guy literally comes and scores like three, four goals a game. It's crazy. It's crazy. Man, we got to up our, we got to up it uh, over here in the U.S. So your art is based on life. It's, mm -hmm. it's more on, would you say realism more in that specific? I think it's based on the little things that we love or the little mm -hmm. things we appreciate or the little decisions that are difficult to make. I think if you look at society as a whole, we get caught up on these little tiny things that we give value to, such as like money itself. Like what's the value of money? What's the value of love, time, people we care about, relationships. So all these things are what in essence create our life and kind of dissecting them and helping understand them is what I try to do. And you also created if. So for those who are unaware of if, like how did this character come to be? Why if? What's if? Um, so if stands for imaginary friend. And the idea was when I first started creating art, everything was based on a twist of words. I was using a lot of language based, I was making a lot of language based art. And I got to study at Les Beaux-Arts de Paris in Paris. And when I went there, everyone liked what I was making. They thought it was pretty and looked good, but they're like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And in that moment, I realized I needed to create a universal language. So I started to do what most people do. They look at the people that came before them. And I saw that there was this famous American artist named Norman Rockwell, who had the ability to tell full stories in a single frame. And I said, I want to do the same thing. Mm. But the issue with Norman Rockwell is he depicts real humans. And the minute you start to depict real humans, you start to exclude certain people. So I said, I need to create a sort of universal human. And I went through a bunch of different sketches and concepts and ideas and nothing felt right. One day I was sitting in an airport and I had to go to the bathroom. So I just followed the sign to the bathroom. And when I got there, I realized there was all these people from all different parts of the world standing in the same place. And in my head, nobody spoke the same language. So how did we read the signs to get here? We didn't read the signs, we followed the symbol. 
And I said, if I could give that symbol a soul, I have found my way to talk to humans all around the world. And that's kind of what if is. It's the bathroom symbol with a soul. And of course I play on our subconscious. I use a lot of imagery and design style that we've seen our entire life in our, from our childhood. But that was the idea was to create a universal language where this character could be in single frame moments that could tell you a story. Was there any struggle in creating that symbolism? Because in order to have a symbol have meaning, it needs to be connected or understood or at least have some kind of connotation. But how do you create something that didn't previously have a meaning, but was created like the meaning was created based upon people viewing it? So anything that you create has no value unless someone can digest it and interpret it and understanding that the power is within the people not within myself is gives me the ability to do what i do and i understood that the eyes were the gateway to communicate with people you can say more with your eyes and with your body language and you can with your words so that was where i really spent all my efforts was in the eyes and the expression of the eyes and the body language and part of that connecting process, you know, in addition to obviously in person, eye, body language, so forth, part of that connectivity that we are seeing a lot more is social media um, and, and how art is depicted, shared, inspired by on social media. Like I remember I watched, um, I watched a documentary uh, that talked about a few, few people, Keith Haring, uh, Andy Warhol, Basquiat, a lot of like New York artists. And it was just so interesting to see just even just the transition of art and how it's consumed. And it's not always in galleries anymore. And how people depict art is so different. And one of the ways that they like consume art is through social media. So how have you been able to use social media in a, a, throughout your career to help people connect further with your art? So a lot of the work I do is was started off in the streets and everything you do in the streets isn't forever. It kind of disappears. It's finite. But the beauty and the ability to use technology, cameras, video to capture that moment forever and share that moment with people forever is the most beautiful and powerful thing. And then to have a platform like Instagram where I can reach 50,000 people in one second, as opposed to putting something out on the street and reaching one person a minute or one person an hour, really allowed me to grow and communicate these messages across the world way easier. Do you ever feel beholden to social media and like your digital channels? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I did for a very long time. Uh, there's stories of me staying up all night trying to respond to every DM that I get. And it really wore me down because I felt like I was letting people down who believed in me, who supported me. But I was being so worn down by trying to please everyone that I realized this might be my downfall and I had to take a step back. It was really difficult, but I had to take a step and say, it's gonna be okay. Like, I'll try my best, but it's going to be okay if I don't respond to every single person. And that was really difficult for me. Yeah, it, it is challenging. And 
you know, it's all about creating those boundaries, right? Like you want to you want to connect with those who support you, and at the same time, you have to create those boundaries to make sure that you are the best that you can be. Because when you're the best, that's when you put the best into your work. Exactly. Um, and and it's so important how just mental health and just not being worn out from the internet and digital capacity, like how that's so important for people's careers. Um, but that means you have more time to work on things. So what do you have coming up this fall or winter? You know, what are you working on and, and, and what do you have coming up that you're the proudest about? I have a lot of amazing things coming up. Um, I've really been in the studio focused, putting a lot of energy into creating things that are meaningful. Uh, I'm very excited to share that I'm making my first tabletop sculpture, which is a sculpture that will be a, that will be available and um, will give people an opportunity to actually have a work in their home. A lot of times the sculptures are usually small editions of eight and it's very hard to get them into people's homes because there's only eight. I'm working on something that's a little bit larger of an edition and that's more affordable. So I'm like super excited to finally be able to put something of quality into people's homes that and people have been asking and asking and asking and it's taken me like five years to do this. So it finally seeing the finish line on that project is like massive for me. Uh, I'm working on another solo show called, ooh, I forgot. Um, I'm working on another solo show called What's Old is New. So I'm kind of revisiting some of my old motifs, some of my old concepts and breathing new life into them because I've learned so much since I first started and I want to kind of revisit them and give them a new life, a new feeling. And I have about five or six other massive projects coming down the pipeline and I can't wait to share with people. I'm sure we're all excited to, to see what you have in store later on for those projects. Now, this is just a curious question that I have because I'm a firm believer in, obviously there's individuality when it comes to being creative uh, or creator. And, but I also believe in the power of collaboration. So I'm actually curious, if you could collaborate with anyone, who would it be? If I could collaborate with anyone, who would it be? In any domain? Yeah, there's no limitations <laughs> to this question. It's <laughs> anyone, literally anyone. <laughs> Ooh, I don't really have a good answer, but <laughs> I'm not, it's very hard to collaborate, but if I could collaborate with anyone, I'd probably collaborate with Nigo. Ooh, okay. And the reason I'd collaborate with Nigo is I think that Nigo has a very interesting eye and understanding of culture. And he sees the world a little differently than most people do. And I think having that perspective and hearing his thoughts would inspire me to make better work because I see the world from my perspective, but he can give me a new perspective and a new understanding, which would allow me to make maybe similar work, but from a different point of view. And using all that culture, the history, the understanding he has, the people he's connected with, I think could take me to another level. Mm, okay, nice. And I'm sure eventually, that's one of those questions where like later on you'll be like, oh wait, I just saw someone else. Oh, I yeah, just read that someone else. Probably, um, I have like five or six, but Nigo is like up there for me because he works with tangible things and mm. he collects a lot of tangible things and he has this archive of all this different clothing and collectibles and 
jewelry and I think just getting my hands on the archive and talking to him would inspire new ideas. Well, you've been also dropping some tangible gems throughout this entire show through just telling your own journey. And one of the, the last question I always ask every single guest who comes on is what is that one piece of advice that you would want the viewers to take away from today's episode? What is that one real gem you want to drop? If you really believe in what you're doing, just do it. Don't listen to what people have to say. Don't let anyone get in your way. Just believe in yourself enough to do it every day because the consistency in your belief will bring other people along. Boom, a bar. I ain't gonna lie, sometimes it's hard. I'm like, I don't see his mouth, so I don't know if he's done the sentence <laughs> or not. You know, it is what it is. But guy, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Real Gems. Where can everyone find you on social media or the internet? Um, you can find me at, at KaiArt on Instagram, KaiArt.com. Yeah, those are like the two main places. Then you can just Google KaiArt. I think I'll pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Perfect. Thank well, thank you, you so much. much again. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to all the viewers for tuning in. Let me know. What was your favorite part of this episode? Drop it in the comment section. Make sure you go and check out Kai's artwork. Also, make sure you tune into other episodes that we have on Real Gems. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube and on all audio platforms. If you thought today's gem was amazing, well, guess what? I have much more in store for you later on. Until then, I'm Erin Ashley Simon, and I'll see you all later.